Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It is Dan here with you until 10 p.m. tonight, and we have an eclectic blend of... uh, of pretty cool stuff coming up for you. We're going to talk a little restaurant week. We're going to have the cast of Night Court on as well. We are going to talk with uh, you know Hall of Fame tailgaters. We're going to have Jim Bob Morris in with us talking a little El Bandito Yankee, a little preview for the playoffs. I believe that NHL Hall of Famer Chris Chelios will be joining us as well as blockbuster Blake Stubbs talking movies from the, the undisputed entertainment capital of Illinois, Peoria. Illinois. It is like the Hollywood, right, of Illinois. But right now, excited to have a a guy on the line that um, it maybe isn't as excited as as he would like to be. He's hoping that he would be out there with the masses and the fans tailgating at that Hall of Fame level. It is the man who drives the bus from the Chicago Bears tailgate club, the one and only Tim Shanley. Tim, welcome to WGN. Well, thank you, Dane. I appreciate everything. How are you doing today? I mean, you sound kind of down. I know that we had a great yeah. tailgate up at Lambeau Field, the the frozen tundra tequila, tequila tailgate that we had up there. Obviously, you wanted a, a different result from it, but maybe do you take solace in the fact that I know it's going to be like 10 below zero this weekend? Yeah, how about it? You know, it does make a little bit of a difference, right? But uh, yeah, we did have a great time out there on Sunday, win or lose, you know, legendary Lambeau. It was a great time out, Bandito Yankee. Like you said, we threw a great party. And, uh, you know, here we are. We're waiting until next year. We're on the cops. We're waiting for other people to join us as the playoffs move down the line. <laughs> we, uh, we always say that, you know, your team may not always win the game, but you always can win the tailgate. With you guys, you always do. And I know we've only got a couple minutes here, but what were some of the sure. big highlights that, you know, that fans, of course, fans, so many, you know, hundreds, every maybe a thousand for every home Bears game was out there with you enjoying that tailgate through Tailgreeter. I mean, were there some moments that you remember, you know, outside of maybe what happened on the field that you look back and say, pretty cool? Yeah, you know, there's as the season now, you know, we're at the end of it, it's all catching up to me now. But one of the things that's really stick in my head was when um, we had Mike Singletary in at the party, you know, to help out with Mongo and his cause. He donated his time there. And uh, it was really big to have a Chicago Bear of that stature right there in our club with us, hanging out, socializing, and and helping them, you know, helping out Mongo. As many as you know, tons of players did, but that's the one that really sticks in my mind. Of course, we had a great time when we were doing our little thing together, Dane, when we had the Raiders in town and we had uh, Ray Lampy in there. We were doing our El Bandito Yankee uh, tequila drinks we had there with the blue and orange, and we were barbecuing fire water there in the corner. It was a lot of fun. Great memories. There's so many of them, you know. Well, mutual friend Ray Lampy, of course, and our mutual friend through those friends is Guy Fietti, of course, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, Tailgate, Warriors. Like, let the listeners know a little bit about that. Of course, the, you know, so the, sort of the maitre d' of uh, the tailgate fun here in Chicago. But you've been on some big shows. Are you going to be, like, what's next for Tim? Are you going to contemplate, you know, another television show? What do you do in the off-season slash playoffs? Well, uh, you know, okay, off-season slash playoffs. There's a few other things that are coming up here where, you know, we're in the running for some other type of um, some film work that people are going to do about people in my genre. And, uh, you know, but we never stop now. What we decided to do is we, we just can't get enough of what we do, right? Tailgating is, is a lifestyle for us. So 
we're going to move on into the summer here with the summer tailgate concert series. Uh, we're going to go outdoors for all of the events at Soldier Field as well as Wrigley Field. You know, we have El Bandito Yankee Tequila in line with us. We, we've got uh, Firewater Barbecue. We're taking our we're taking our party. We're going to take it on the road for the summer. And uh, like I said, right now there's 13 concerts between Soldier Field and Wrigley Field, and we'll be out there for each and every one of them. And I'm sure they're going to announce more. So we're trying to extend this, you know, this tailgate thing and. And go ahead and go year round with it now as much as we possibly can. Yeah, some great stuff. Some great concerts are coming to Chicago. So, bands, yeah. you know, you've got like, uh, I think Pink is coming, the Rolling Stones, Metallica, Kenny Chesney. Yeah. It is going to be an action packed summer, and it's great to get yet another year out from that whole pandemic situation. People were cooped up. People are going to get out and enjoy, really, because okay. there isn't a city that's better in the summer than Chicago, uh, Illinois, for, you know, for all of those festivals and all that fun and the architecture, certainly the restaurants as well. And so, Tim, as we let you go, you know, where can people go to keep up with you to be sure to get some of those tickets for some of those things coming up or maybe just get in contact with you and talk tailgating? Yeah, we're just going to use the Chicago Bears tailgating club page on Facebook there. That's where we're going to go, uh, steer everything out of. So just go visit that page, request acceptance. We'll get you in there right away. And you can, uh, you know, check out all the fun and be a part of all the excitement and things that we do now just about on a year-round basis. Cheer up, Tim Shanley. The Bears are going to be <laughs> are going to be back hopefully in all of our lifetimes, but they'll be back and uh and we'll see how it goes. Either way, like we always said, even if the Bears don't win, you always win uh with the tailgate and you guys. So thanks Tim, appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, sure, Bane. Thank you for everything. We'll see you soon. All right. We are going to take a break. And we come back at a Chicago restaurant week. We've got two restaurants lined up. We're going to have Rodolfo Cuerdros from uh, from Bloom. He is going to be on with us. And then Gene and Giorgetti's legendary place coming up right after that. So keep it here. It's Dane on 720 WGN. Hi, atop Chicago Skyline Studio. As we get into 2024, even further and uh, this year is tasting even better with over 400 restaurants participating in Chicago Restaurant Week. And on the line with us, we've got Chef Rodolfo Quadros. He is uh, the chef over at Bloom Plant-Based Kitchen. He is going to be on the line with us. Chef, welcome to WGN. Hey, Dan, how are you? I'm, o- to be here. I'm okay. I'm okay. So this is an exciting time. You know, it's, I mean, a super exciting time because the last few times that I've been on, we've been featuring different restaurants. It leaves you hungry every single time. And it just shows sort of that range, the the great restaurants, just all the great different restaurants that Chicago has to offer. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, uh, you know, for me, uh, restaurant week is usually like the, the fresh start to the new year. You know, um, you, we have like 400 restaurants participating in restaurant week, and it's a great way to get to know different neighborhoods different cuisines, uh, all the great things our city has to offer, you know. Um, it's just, it's a great way to start the year for me. Yeah, it's, I mean, Chicago is, what is it, right? When you travel, you tell people you're from Chicago, you get a, a number of different responses. You know, we've got great architecture, of course. It's an incredible sports town. Feel bad for Tim Shanley, feel bad for the Bears. Not so much success there. But the one thing that we have really owned in the last, I would say, probably 15 or 20 years, and it's just been getting stronger. Stronger and stronger is the fact that you know Chicago is America's restaurant city. I always say you can spin the globe and find somebody doing it at a high level right here in Chicago. So let's talk a little bit about about Bloom. 
Yeah. Um, so listen, what we what we do at Bloom is we're a hundred percent plant based, gluten free restaurant. Uh, so we we obviously have a great menu featuring the forty two dollar menu and the fifty nine dollar menu. Um, we're doing three courses for the forty two dollar menu and four courses for the fifty nine dollar menu. And what we usually try to do with this menu is, you know, show people a little bit of our like greatest hits and some of the new creative dishes that we've been working on over the winter. Um, it's Restaurant Week is just a great way to get to know the city and all the different cultures living in here. Uh, primarily, Bloom focuses on plant-based food. So, you know, January is uh, something called Veganuary, which is, uh, you know, a way for people to start eating more clean in the, fr- the first month of the year, take a little bit of that uh, holiday weight off. And I think we're a great option. And, you know, we'd love to see plenty of people during Restaurant Week. One of the things that I found pretty interesting fascinating right is that you not only are the restaurants looking to share what it is that they do across the board all those different dishes and menus but the diners are really in tune they're really up to speed with all of it and and you'll see places of the ones that we've talked to it's like 70 maybe 80 percent of the people in restaurant week are new are new people that maybe have become aware of the restaurant or maybe if it's at a price point they wouldn't normally be used to it gives them an opportunity to get in there and try it. I feel like with Bloom, you have sort of an added situation, right? You have your fans, you have the dishes that people know and love you guys for, but you also have that kind of added educational piece, right? To teach people about sort of the, some of the cleaner dishes, some of the ways that you are on the plant-based side that maybe not everybody is super familiar with, but should be. For sure. I mean, primarily we're a plant-based restaurant for meat eaters. You know, we want people to uh, see the diversity of vegetables to, you know, in, in our ever-changing world with climate change to figure out ways to eat cleaner, especially during January. It's a great way to start the year. Um, we definitely have a lot of regulars that are meat eaters and, you know, they just choose to do a couple of days a week plant-based. And that's where people love to dine with us, you know, just a meal is a great meal regardless of whether you're eating meat or not. And uh, I'm just happy that we can provide that and meet tons of people during restaurant week that are trying this out for the first time. Before we highlight the specific dishes one more time, I wanted to ask you and just to share with the listeners. Yeah, it was maybe a couple of years ago. I had been, we did one of the first stories breaking you know, the Italian beef, right? There was the meatless Italian beef and it was pretty good. And you know, things have gotten better and better. So Rodolfo, talk a little bit about that, where in the past, maybe plant-based was just a real compromise on what it was going to taste like or what the texture was. Things have come a long way. For sure. I mean, we primarily focus on just vegetable-driven food, so we we don't do a lot of the meat substitutes, which is, you know, in a sense, is pretty much just as much as, uh, you know, good for you as eating meat is. Um, but we focus on vegetable-driven food. So, you know, you get a lot of uh, uh, complete proteins that are uh, done with legumes, greens, and root vegetables. Uh, on the menu, we have some of our, like, you know, must-have items like the turnip calza, which is like a crispy potato croquette with a little bit of uh, fermented turnip, fermented smoked turnip, and kelp caviar. It has great texture, great flavor. Uh, we do a banana blossom crab cake with some beautiful banana blossoms that we import from uh, Costa Rica. Wow. A little preserved lemon emulsion, smoked chili, uh, and... We also serve our yuk and yuki, which is one of the dishes that are pe- that people keep coming back for over and over again. 
It's, it sounds awesome. Rodolfo, give information. We're going to have people from Choose Chicago. We'll have those links at WGNRadio.com for everybody. But specifically for Bloom, give information, website address, and ways to, for maybe social media-wise for people to keep up. Yeah, so uh, we're on uh, Wicker Park in uh, Milwaukee at 1559 North Milwaukee. You can obviously find us at Bloom PBK on Instagram. Uh, we're there all year round. We have amazing food, amazing reviews. We're one of the only plant-based uh, Big Vermont, Michelin Big Vermont restaurants in the country. And, you know, we've also been nominated for a James Beard Award. So definitely when you're talking about Bloom, you're talking about high-quality plant-based food that's healthy and, you know, it's going to keep having you coming back. Chef, what a great opportunity for the listeners, for food fans to get out there and see you during Restaurant Week. I hope they I hope they do. Thanks so much for jumping on the show today. Thank you, Dan. Hope to see you there, right? All Enjoy right. Restaurant Week. Yep, you bet, you bet. Thanks, Chef Rodolfo. So we go from a plant-based restaurant for meat eaters to a meat bait a meat-based restaurant since 1941 we've got michelle dupetti on from Jean and georgetti's michelle welcome to wgn thank you so much for i'm like so hungry now listening to chef Rodolfo i mean about food. I'm like I, i'm a meat-eating plant-based kind of i'm all those things so <laughs> that was I, I enjoyed that oh it's like that every time we've done mm-hmm. we've done like three days of this and and Janet Isabella, who does such a great job and you know, choose oh, Chicago, highlighting sort of the range because it shows 400 mm-hmm. restaurants and they aren't all the same thing. You think about some cities, you're like, OK, well, you know, Kansas City has barbecue. I know they have other things, right. but Chicago just has such a huge range, but but very few no, places with, with the history of Gene and Giorgetti's. For those, the uninitiated, those few, give a little kind of backstory to the place. Sure. So. We opened in 1941. Gene was actually my mother's father, so he's my maternal grandfather. His best friend and partner was Giorgetti. And like I said, they they bought the building and opened the restaurant in 1941. The building itself is about 150 years old. It's one of four wood frame buildings left from wood scavenged after the Chicago fire. And um, it's been in my family ever since. We're third generation now, and right in River North on the corner of Franklin and Illinois. And, you know, we, we are a Tuscan steakhouse, Chicago's original Tuscan steakhouse. And a place that when people come to Chicago, this is a place that they go. You know, not just the locals here, of course, that are going to love it and all those people are going to flock to it uh, for Restaurant Week. But when people come in from out of town, whether it's Frank Sinatra from the past or Will Ferrell <laughs> or any other, you know, they got to make a stop at Gene and Giorgetti. So, Michelle, talk a little bit about that, you know, from sort of the sightseeing perspective on the customer side. Well, thanks for saying that. I really appreciate that. You know, uh, we like to think of ourselves as, you know, we are part of Chicago. Our family story, our restaurant history is all very tied into who the city is because, you know, our building, like I said, our building went up in 1874, just two or three years after the Chicago fire. So we are truly part of Chicago's history and we love welcoming people to the city, sort of almost like as an ambassador type, you know, because we've been here so long, we're 82 years old as a restaurant. And so if you, you know, if you're coming for the first time or if, you know, you're one of our many regulars who we are absolutely so grateful for, we want you to always feel like you're coming home, like you're welcomed. You know, it's fine dining, but it's approachable. The ingredients matter to us. The tradition matters. And that's 
I think that's why we attract such a variety of people from notable to local to traveler and sort of everything in between. Yep, yeah, Chicago is so blessed to have you guys. So for those people that oh, make their you. way to to the restaurant, you know, during restaurant mm-hmm. week, let's say they've never been yeah. there, describe what right. people are going to be able to experience. So we do both the lunch menu, the one for 25, and then we do a dinner menu at 59. And there's a little bit of a mix between some classics like our Chicken Joe, which has been on our menu for probably 20 or 30 years now at least. You'll find that a a way to sample that. There's definitely a steak featured on the menu. You know, we're known for our pastas. We make all our pasta in-house. So that's included. Basically for us, Restaurant Week is a way to celebrate alongside all of our fellow restaurants. What makes Chicago so great, which you've men- mentioned so beautifully uh, in this interview, is that we're really a food city. And so we love being a part of it because we get to, you know, people that want to try us for the first time. It's an approachable price. So we like to give a little bit of a sample of like who we are and, and you know, what we do in the hopes that whoever comes in to enjoy us for restaurant week also considers coming back the rest of the year. And it's great. I love that it's in January. I love everything about it. Yeah, it it is great. And in a city that is filled with so many stars on the restaurant side, whether it's chefs or restaurants, to have the legends like you guys there as sort of that you know foundational cornerstone to a lot of it is great. So Michelle, give the information where you know, we'll have links up for Choose Chicago and all that at WGN Radio, but specifically mm-hmm. for the restaurant, where can people go find out more social media? So anyone can go to www.jeanandgiorgetti.com. It's also where you can shop our steaks because we ship our steaks nationwide now, which is very cool. And our Instagram is um, at Jean underscore Giorgetti, and that's George T-T-I. And that's basically, you know, you can find us at that same handle at Twitter and TikTok and a bunch of different places. And like I said, jeanandgiorgetti.com is our website, 500 North Franklin, right in the heart of River North. So... That's where we are. People have been loving it since 1941. They're going to love it uh, during Restaurant Week as well. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks so much for everything you guys are doing. Thanks thanks for jumping on. Thanks for supporting restaurants. Oh, you bet. Coming up right after the break, we are going to have Jordan... It is Jordan Ingerman. He is the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships with, True, with Choose Chicago. He's going to talk and give an overview for Restaurant Week and, uh, and a little context to everything available. So stay tuned for that. It's Dane here on 720 WGN. WGN, it is Dane here with you. High atop Chicago Skyline Studio. I can see so many great restaurants out there. And you wonder, you know, Chicago Restaurant Week, like how does it all happen? It's just amazing thing with a million, not a million, 400 moving parts, 33 neighborhoods and a guy with his hand on the of a lot of it is Jordan Ingerman. He's the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships for Choose Chicago. Jordan, welcome to WGN. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Is this So is this kind of the calm before the storm? Is this the eye of the storm? Is everything kind of just sort of running on its own and you work all year like a golf outing, right? You, you start working as soon as the other one's left for, for restaurant week. How does it go? So that is exactly right. It seems like we're working on it all year long, but it is definitely a full full force, full steam ahead. And Chicago Restaurant Week, the 17th annual Chicago Restaurant Week, actually starts next week, January 19th, and runs through February 4th. And as you mentioned, we have over 400 restaurants participating this year, which is just amazing, as you said as well, over 32 distinct neighborhoods, over 70 women and minority-owned businesses, 71st-time participants and we even have close to 50 suburban eateries as well that are participating so we are really 
really excited about uh, Restaurant Week 2024. Yeah, for the listeners that may not be as familiar with Choose Chicago, you guys do a ton of really, really cool things in the city, and you think some of the things, you know, it's with all the best of intentions, but you kind of got to drag people along. Let's do this. It's going to be great. But this seems like it moves itself. I mean, there are so many people that are excited about it, and we I've been in and around it for, you know, many, many years, and then, you know, to, to talk to each one of these restaurateurs, this is not a labor of, okay, well, here we go. This is a labor of love. I, I got to tell you, as, as excited as the diners are, the chefs, the owners, excited too. Absolutely. And you said it's twofold. I mean, we know that every year uh, consumers look forward to this event. It's like the most anticipated culinary event of the year. And it takes on, truly, it takes on a life of its own um, word of mouth and, and social media and consumers just excited to peruse all the participating restaurants, get excited about making reservations, and really getting outside and having a chance to have an experience when, you know, this time of year, sometimes you need a little encouragement to get off your couch and get out and do something uh, special for the evening. But you're right, too, from the restaurants as well. They are really excited because this means a lot to them. Let's face it, a lot of restaurants are struggling, and this is a slow time of year, and this, this promotion every year oftentimes is the bridge for restaurants to determine whether they're going to make it to the springtime. And so there's a big business element here as well, but it also provides restaurants a phenomenal opportunity to uh, gain exposure for their restaurant, earn some new customers, uh, show everybody what they're capable of, and put together these prefixed curated meals for lunch, brunch, and dinner at exceptionally affordable prices. It's a, it's an amazing opportunity for people to either try restaurants they've heard about but haven't been able to either get into or or maybe it's more aspirational, right? Maybe it's expensive and they haven't had the opportunity to try it and they want to be able to do it like that. So you have that and then you also have just this opportunity for people to go and and just get in on some of their favorite places, right? And and try some different things and maybe try it in quantity too. I was excited to hear just how many first-time people you mentioned 70 new restaurants getting in on on restaurant week but just you know it's been like 60 70 percent of the diners for restaurant week are new people so it works you know people are using this to explore the city it definitely works um before i forget let me mention so your listeners know uh lunch and brunch pricing for chicago restaurant week is 25 dollars per person excludes tax and gratuity And then dinner, there are two options depending on the restaurant. The restaurant can offer a $42 menu option or a $59 dinner menu option, again, excluding tax and gratuity. But you are absolutely right. Um, We have a lot of restaurants. We have some longstanding favorites that have been around forever, that have participated for years, like Abla, Abba, and Bistronomic, and Jean and Giorgetti's, and Piccolo Sonio, and some just some very well-known restaurants. But then, as you mentioned, we have a lot of new restaurants, too. And a couple participating for the first time this year are After in the West Loop and Kindling, uh, which is in uh, the Willis Tower. We have Parachute, an award-winning restaurant in Avondale. Um, and we have Atta Girl in Logan Square. So you can see really just a great representation of the city and the neighborhoods and giving people even more reason to get out, not just for a great meal, but to explore a neighborhood that maybe they're not so familiar with. One of the things that's unique about Chicago is the the communal nature of the the chef and restaurant community, whether it's to get in and support or fundraisers or or just different ways to be supportive of each other on the chef side. You just don't see that 
in other cities. You don't see it as much. Do you get that kind of feedback where maybe you get some of our leaders in the restaurant community, some prominent individuals and citizens here in Chicago, Chicago land that they get with you? They're like, Jordan, can we try this? Or they try to either tweak it or, or be maybe ambassadors for it. How does that work? Yeah, we get uh, a lot of feedback as obviously we have a very close relationship with many of these restaurants who are members or partners of Choose Chicago, our organization, as well as participating in Chicago Restaurant Week each year. We definitely look for their input and their expertise. Let's face it, they are the restaurateurs. They know the business the best. And we want to make sure that whatever we execute each year meets their needs, both the restaurateurs as well as the consumers. So it's really a balance every year. We want to make sure whatever we put out there is going to be a win-win opportunity for everyone involved. So, yeah, it's definitely a lot of input. We work on it all year long, but then very excited once it comes to fruition. And we see that website go live, which is eatituppchicago.com. That's eatituppchicago.com. And your viewers can look at all 410 participating restaurants. They can view their menus. They can actually book reservations directly from the site. So I encourage everyone to take a look at Restaurant Week by going to eatituppchicago.com. Let the listeners know we're talking with Jordan Ingerman. He is the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships for Choose Chicago. And before we let you go, Jordan, of course, and we'll have those links up at WGNRadio.com, how, how would you suggest, let's say your listeners are hearing this, there's a lot of them, maybe they're, they don't have a game plan yet, they're not super in tune with exactly how they want to do it, they're excited and intrigued and they definitely want to get in on things. Should they just go to that site, pick out a couple places or... Or, or how should, I mean, do you have any advice on, on what to do? Yeah, I would say, again, first bit of advice is go to eatituppchicago.com. It's a great website, easy to navigate. They can search for restaurants by neighborhood, by cuisine type, okay. uh, by meal that's being offered, whether it's lunch or dinner. And that will help them kind of curate a smaller list of restaurants to peruse, look at their menus, and make a decision on uh, which restaurant or restaurants they would like to try during restaurant week. So, again, it's easy. Just go to the website, and uh, it'll take you from there. The last thing, the uh, it's called Restaurant Week, but it's more than a week, right? Give the I know it starts next week, and then where does it? How long does it go? Where people have opportunities to get out. Yeah, Restaurant Week will be January nineteenth through February fourth, so it's actually seventeen days. Um, but uh, so plenty of time to to grab in more than a meal or two. Again, we'll have links up at WGNRadio.com. Excitement. And hopefully you'll be able to handle it and uh, and weather the storm of, uh, of food-related anticipation uh, here for Chicago Restaurant Week. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate everything you guys are doing over there at Choose Chicago. Thanks for jumping on the show today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the cast of Night Court. We're going to have John LaRiquette. We're going to have Melissa Roush. You know her as Bernadette from Big Bang Theory and John LaRiquette. Well, you know him from Night Court. And he's also a guy that is a big fan of WGN. Like He was a DJ back in the day down in New Orleans. And we always say 38 states in Canada. He was one of those faraway guys that uh, that used to listen to the station. So stay tuned for that. Cast of Night Court coming up. It's Dane here on 720. WGN and two of its stars on with us. We got multiple Emmys and beloved characters from some of TV's biggest hits. Between them, we've got Melissa Roush and John LaRiquette here to talk about the highly anticipated Night Court's new season. Guys, welcome to WGN. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you guys. It's great to have people talking about new and exciting TV that's happening. And for both of you, you know, with all the upheaval last year on the TV side, you know, talk about the excitement of having this show this season locked in and happening for fans. Uh, we were just over the moon to get to come back. We um, 
we had so much fun last season, and this season picks up right where we left off with um, an incredible reunion between John and Marsha Warfield reprising her role as Roz. Seeing her come in in front of a live studio audience was a really, really magical moment, and we start our season two with um, the two of them at the courthouse in Louisiana where John, uh, John's character, Dan Fielding, has gone off to, to follow his dreams of becoming a judge. Um, and we find out why Roz is in court um, and what she's been up to and if um, Dan Fielding uh, will come back to his beloved night court or his secretly beloved night court. <laughs> he's, a, he's tough, right? He doesn't want to admit that soft side of <laughs> On the beloved side. So, so guys, like the show, I mean, it has so many built-in fans. And even though the original ended back in 92, people are super excited about what you guys have done with the show. Talk a little bit about that. Bringing in, I mean, it's a conscious effort to bring in those fans, the original ones, and still having a show that's fresh and new for that great new audience. Well, I think that, you know, as I've said before, that even though it ended in 92, it's sort of ubiquitous with the amount of episodes that we actually did in the original. So through syndication and then through streaming and with, invention of things like YouTube, etc., that uh, it's always sort of floating in the atmosphere of people's worlds, I think. And um, I've had people come up to me and say, yeah, I used to watch it with my dad, and now I'm watching it with my son. That's how old I am. Um, and so I think that the formula of the original is still rather universal, and, and, and it doesn't, I don't think there's a shelf life of it. A good ensemble comedy in a workplace that is filled with eccentric characters and there's something for everybody if you tune in and, and if you get a laugh out of it, that's all you have to, that's the only thing we have to provide you, hopefully, is good laughs. Yeah, there's still courtroom situations happening, so that's kind of ever fresh and you can bring in current events and maybe current situations into it. Melissa, how much recon did you do when you started this role? Were you familiar from before? Did you really come in saying, that, you know, if I'm going to make it my own, maybe I don't dwell too much on the past? Like, how did you approach it? Um, I was a hardcore fan of the original and, um, Grew up loving it, loving it so much. And so when we were in just in the development process of this, I went back and the, the whole series again. And it's really, it, like John said, it's absolutely timeless. And um, and because we are bringing as much from the past um, as far as little Easter eggs and and relationships from the original into this new version, um, it was very important to to make sure that all that history was was fresh in my mind. Also, you know, I think that the amount of time that Melissa herself spent in prison helped <laughs> understand the justice system a little better. With, without question. Without question. It's in my bones. Those minor offenses as a method acting, you know, process, I think is pretty admirable. It paid off. My parents weren't happy, you know, when that happened, but now they see, they see why, it, why I did that. And now they're proud. It all makes sense. One of the amazing things about Night Court was the chemistry, right? The relationships between the cast, your situations come in and out, but the cast is always there. Talk a little bit about that as you guys build on the show. Melissa, your extension of your dad, so there's sort of a built-in script-related familiarity there, and John, as, as both past and present, you probably helped to tie it together for everyone. Absolutely. I think the the fact that um, baked into the script is the fact that Abby is the, the daughter of Harry Stone from the original, and there's that shared love and admiration for um, for Harry between Abby and and Dan, and then they um, have this surrogate, very special father daughter relationship that builds from that, which is a really beautiful sort of north star for us to follow within the show. And 
And then as the, the cast of characters has been built around us, we have really, really talented cast in Lakrita, our bailiff, and India de Beaufort, um, who plays our uh, district attorney. And it's just a, much like the original, um, the, the cast has become this workplace family where when the cases come into the court, the stories between the characters can build off of that and um, and hopefully the, the audiences feel that they've become a part of this family that they're they're watching on TV. The cast is sort of the core. Court is the core. And, you, and you've got that on the comedy side. Are there going to be like moments where you'll try to maybe build in whether it's current events or things happening out there in the world, in the legal system or anything, just as a little bit of a teachable touchstone into the show? Or is it going to be just strictly, you know, let's try to just keep it fun. I, you know, I think one of the, the beautiful things um, about setting a show in a Manhattan or Raymond court that takes place in the middle of the night is the cases that come in can be absolutely insane and left to center. And I think that's where so much of the fun comedy derives from. And that, that, those are the stories that are really exciting to me, things that um, you say, how, how, how did that go down? How did that happen? Whether it's a, a, a bunch of Santa Clauses populating the courthouse who all got in trouble at a, a Santa Con, um, or we have, um, last season we had a, a whiff wolf come in um, who is a, a female werewolf. Um, <laughs> it's the, that, those are the things that yes. I, I loved about the original and that, um, and those are the, the fun stories that I'm excited to dive into this season. The show is Nightcar. People are super excited about it. We'll have links up at WGNRadio.com. It's going to be coming up on NBC on Tuesday nights regularly. Now, John, back in the day, you didn't have social media. You didn't have ways for people to keep up with you and the show and all that kind of stuff. So uh, as we go forward, are there places for fans to kind of keep up with you guys and the show going forward? Uh, yes, I, I, I assume so. Uh, I'm not very adept at those things. <laughs> Because uh, that's because um, of I, your dedication yeah. to the character. Um, yeah, I, I suppose. But yes, no. I'm you know almost everything is ubiquitous these days, and so and just to put a a, a coda on um, Melissa's point, I think that one of the to be timeless, you have to be timeless. So it, to approach, we're not Murphy Brown, you know, or other shows that are dealing with society as it stands, and I think that's why you can look at any episode of the original from the eighties. And you're not going to go, what was that about? No, it's a, uh, a bearded lady who disappeared one day. You know, that's, it's not, it's not time, it's timeless because it's not timely. No, I think that is a great point. People are going to be enjoying this. And again, um, Peacock, for decades to come, that's the way it works. We've got our kids. They're watching all the shows from the 80s and the 90s as if they were brand new. You guys are going to be part of TV history again with this one. Again, we'll have links up at WGNRadio.com. And thanks, guys, for everything. Congratulations on the show. Looking forward to it. Appreciate it. So Take care of yourself. Yeah, you think about this. The shows that are on now you know night court it was a classic show i was surprised to hear that it had uh it went off the air in 1992 right to have sort of that staying power of being around there and the way the tv shows are now i've got you know, vivian our 12 year old she's sitting there and she one of her favorite shows is the gilmore girls i watched that or friends like she watches those, those shows made a big comeback they're like brand new they're, yeah i mean do you watch brandon do you watch any old shows that um because well, people will come to me and you say, know, like, yeah, hey, I'm watching a, The Office. Like, comfort shows. Like, I was big into Supernatural when it was first out, and then now it's one of my comfort shows that I'll, like, flip on and rewatch. But I already know what's going to happen, so it's more like a background noise show for me, if that makes sense. Like, I can watch that 
all day because I know it so well. I just that it's very comforting for me. I think it's kind of it's just a, sort of an amazing thing that's going on with shows now, where you can number one binge them all, you can watch them all at the same exact time, and then you can also have all of these shows. So, so Esther, my wife, she's watching Suits, and like Suits was. The person who's who's married to Harry, who's a Meghan Markle, Meghan Markle, right? And so she's in that show. She's not a princess yet, right? But it's a funny show. No, it's not funny. It's a lot of legal hijinks and all that kind of stuff. It's happening. So Jim Bob Morris is here, along with I think I saw Chris Chelios, Dan Niss is here. We've got some other people that are going to be with. They're going to come into studio right now. So Jim Bob, come on in, come on into the studio, and then yeah, bring them all in. And we've got a multiple. I think we've got like six microphones that we'll have all set up in 312-981-7200. Do you have a show that either it used to be really good and you were watching it and, uh, or you're watching it again, or maybe you're back to watching it. And it's one of those shows that's, uh, so Jim Bob, you can go over there and Mike two. We've got Chris here on Mike three and Dan we've got, and these have to have he's, every, a, he's, a, he's an expert on sustainability. And well, sustainability. we want it because, you know, when you kick into 2024, you're going to try to take care of the planet. I read somewhere that I think our our negative emissions were down or something, right? We want to, yeah, 2024, we're going to want to be as sustainable as possible because everybody's goal, right, is to get to 2025. Dane, we're three minutes early. I, I, well, I know. I thought this was really great. So, testing, one, two, three. But to go with the sort of the theme of the- of, Get your headsets on. Of oh, the yeah, last Dane, situation- do you guys have shows? Do you have a show that you are watching that's an old show, but you're either back to it, or maybe you didn't get a chance to watch Murder, She Wrote, but now here you're binging. <laughs> Hold on. Are we live? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the deal. Murder, She Wrote. No. I, mean, I like old episodes of The Waltons. <laughs> Jim Bob. Any, any shows. Chris, do you have a show that you are watching that maybe came out originally years ago, and now you found that you really are enjoying it. You know what? The Sopranos, for whatever reason, they're running The Sopranos again. And I know it's not long ago, but it, I, I forgot how much I actually like The Sopranos. Yeah. You guys are perfect. Do you have one? that like? Is there a show that you're watching? Uh, we just got into... Um... If it's something modern, you're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like take some time. I don't know. Yeah. I like Yellowstone. You, you want to get close to that microphone, be about three or four inches away from that microphone. Yellowstone isn't, I don't think that's sort of a current show, right? Jim Bob, isn't that like a current hit? That's not like no, Friends. It's not, no, it's not like Friends or like, you know, the Waltons or Sopranos is a great one. Uh, Mad Men is a great one from a few years back. Is it, um, uh, what was the show about uh, the the guy who was making like uh, meth in in Phoenix? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad yeah. is one of the best yeah, ever. Sure. One That's of the best ever. Yeah. That was your show. Yeah. Breaking Bad. I just got that. You know. Yeah, are you watching that now? Started to pick it up over the holidays, and yeah. I, hey, I just so I come into the living room, and, and Vivian, our you know, you've met Vivian, Jim Bob. And she's she's eleven years old, and she's watching she's watching Gilmore. Girls. Smarter than us. Yeah, she's way smarter. <laughs> she's watching Friends, and she just loves those old shows because you know they're new to her. Those situations. Well, like, yo, let's talk about music though. Like my kids, when I introduce them to like Fleetwood Mac or Poco and some of the stuff back, and they go, "Wow, that is so cool." You know, it, I think it's our 
our job to introduce our kids to old music and old films. I really do think it's our responsibility. Jim Bob, they don't know how old it is. So Maxwell, you've met Maxwell. He was listening to Hotel California. And I'm like, wow, Hotel California, you really like it? He's like, he's like, yeah, it's old school from 2016. Yeah. He, he thought it was from 2000. <laughs> I got to do a shout out. We just, uh, we just left our buddies from Chicago Cut, okay? And we were rocking the place. And then we're going to leave the studio. So then we're going to go to Adelina's to our buddy Miles and Phil. And we're going to go rock that place. So they got a little speakeasy down there. I want to talk about Ritz Restaurant Week. 